Here's the question. How do you create a lifestyle full of energy and vitality without all of the anxiety that comes from trying to be perfect? From hormones to sleep to mindset and lifestyle, I've got you covered. This is Burnout to Breakthrough. Welcome to the Burnout to Breakthrough podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Shoemake. Today's episode is, are you an anxious presence? And if you are, we want you to tame the chimp. So what do I mean by the chimp? What do I mean by a non-anxious presence or an anxious presence? You will find out. And if you are one, like I are one or can be, then uh, we're going to teach you what to do about it. So something's really helped me a ton. So let's get into this idea of what an anxious presence means. And then we'll talk about the chimp and how to tame that. So the first time I ever heard that term was a couple of years ago. Uh, we were doing some family systems therapy, uh, and and we were talking about what a non-anxious presence is. Like one thing that you want to be as someone in a relationship, whether so me as a husband or me as a dad, I want to be a non-anxious presence for my kids and for my wife. And what that means is that I, I, I can show up and be like still fully present in the situation without giving off all of this anxiety. So if you're kind of a high achiever or somebody, anybody who wants to achieve something or, you know, do pull off something uh, big, then, then typically you have some anxiety that goes with that. And so you really need to be aware of what kind of anxiety or what type of vibration or what kind of energy you're bringing to the room. So if you're an anxious presence, people can tell, and you know what I'm talking about, how, like we can't recognize this in ourselves as much as we recognize this in other people. Like I'm really sensitive and sensitive to it in other people. But when you show up in the room, do people go, huh? Okay, good. Eric's here. Or do they go, ah, oh, crap. Eric's here. Uh, ew. you know, like, oh man, I'm on edge now. I better, I better, I better snap in line or, or man, I better see what see how he's feeling or feel out the area. And that's what I realized when I was coming home. Like my family was kind of looking to me to see what my mood was like to dictate what their mood would be like. And that's just, that's not fair to do to anybody. So you want to show up as a non anxious presence, right? So especially with parents or with parenting, like I, there's so many things that I want for my kids. Right. And I want my kids to end up a certain way and I want them to have certain beliefs and I want them to have character traits. And it's all coming from a good place of me wanting to set them up to win. But if I'm not careful, it's very much coming from a place of insecurity and it's all my wants and my needs. And, and I'm forgetting that they're human beings. And at this point, you know, almost 11 and and 13 years old now, like they're becoming little, little adults, that have their own thoughts and own opinions and own ideas. So I don't need to show up and just dump my like need for security or my need for power or my need for control or my need for certainty on them. So that's, that's helped me a ton as far as that goes. And like, even like Jana, my wife, she's a great barometer of this. If I'm an anxious presence, like she can just tell, she's like, man, I could, I could, I could just tell like when you walk in the room. So like a lot of times I would go down and do some work at night and then I come up to put my kids to bed and they're like trying to chill out and go to sleep. And I bring all this anxiety up with me that I didn't even realize I did, you know, like I was just answering emails or, you know, had a phone call or something like that. And I just bring all this anxiety into the room. So how do you fix that? That's what we're going to get into today. And, uh, we're going to talk about taming the chimp. So there's a book called the chimp paradox. It's great. It's by Dr. Steve Peters. Um, I read it in conjunction with cycling a while back, but he talks about, Part of the anxiety that we have is because we have two brains. We have a human brain and we have a chimp brain. And the chimp brain is like our, our old survival brain um, that is alert. Like So it's, it's, it's the crocodile brain, right? It's like the brain that is only like you perceive a threat. Is like, is this a threat? Is this not a threat? It's your survival brain. It's all fight or flight. So when that 
everything that is that you experience in your life gets gets filtered through that chimp brain. So the chimp is going to be thinking, oh, is this a threat? Is this not a threat? What if this happens? What if that happens? It's a very anxious thing, right? And and it's and it's a good thing as far as a survival mechanism goes because you got to you got to think, okay, is that lion over there going to eat me or is that like uh, is that a gazelle? Like like what is that four footed thing over there? And then you know you move on from there. So your human brain can either decide to take the input from the chimp brain and run with it, or it can it can take it and put it in context. Now, the cool thing about the human brain is we can think reasonably, right? We don't have to get carried away with our emotions and carrying away, carried away with our instinct. So um, when you have too much input from the chimp brain, how do you know, like, how do you know if you're stuck in a chimp, chimp brain mindset? Number one is you can just ask yourself, like, do I want this? So if you're anxious, you can just, your human brain can ask, do I want this? Like, do I want to be anxious right now? And if, and if the answer is no, then you're being hijacked by your chimp brain. If, if you ask, like, do I want to be angry like this? Do I want to have this angry emotion right now? And if the answer is no, you're being hijacked by your chimp brain. And you just realize it and go, oh, that's the chimp talking. So it's, it's kind of an interesting way to, to uh, take a step back and go, okay, that's not me thinking. That's just my chimp brain. Like, that's my survival brain. Um, the chimp usually th- th- thinks in terms of things like what if. So uh, I was talking to some, some doctors this weekend uh, at a seminar and, and they were saying, Hey, I really relate to a lot of things on the podcast because I'm laying there and I just going, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if I don't hit my goals? What if, what if, uh, it, you fill in the blank. It could be, what if the sky falls in? It could be, what if, uh, what if this, uh, insurance thing doesn't go through? It could be, what if my staff quits? It could be, what if, uh, you know, my, my, everything I teach my kids doesn't work. What if my wife leaves me? I mean, it could be all these things like, what if, what if, what if, and that's what the, that's what the chimp does. So if that's happening a lot, then you got to realize, okay, you got to move back from that chimp area and get into your human brain. So I'm going to give you two examples of this. One of them is in golf and another one of them is at home. So one of my experiences with this chimp brain, and this is something that really opened my eyes and hopefully it can help you as well. I wanted to get good at golf. This is man, probably seven, eight years ago now. I was about a 20 handicap. Uh, so, and when I, so when I first started playing in this men's league, um, you had to establish a handicap and I think I was like a 21 handicap. So, which means I would, I, my average score plus, you know, give or take would be about 21 over par. So I was not a good golfer. I would shoot, uh, somewhere in the nineties, mid nineties. And I would play with other guys that were in the same handicap area. So it was kind of a fair, fair fight. Right. And then I said, okay, I want to get better at this thing. So I started taking lessons. So I got a few lessons from a guy who was awesome and I started figuring out how to get in the zone with my brain. I'm like, okay, I might not be the best golfer in the world, but I want to be the most mentally fit golfer in the world. Like I want to be able to take control of my brain. And that's what so much of this is guys. If you're dealing with depression, anxiety, anything like that, it's just taking control of your own brain and your own thinking and using it to work for you. So, uh, I got a a program called score for golf by Jim Fannin. He's a, he's a performance coach. He teaches, he teaches a lot of golfers, coaches a lot of golfers and uh, tennis players. And he teaches you this algorithm to kind of get a control of your brain and get control of the chimp. Cause the chimp in golf is wondering like, Oh crap, don't hit it in the right in the trees. Oh man. What if, what if I top this? There's all these people around on the first tee. I'm going to look like an idiot or, Oh man, what if I skull this chip over the back? I mean, this, man, I, I got a chance at hitting a par here and now I'm going to get a double bogey. And if those of you guys that play golf, you know what I'm talking about. That chimp just starts to take over. So I started taming the chimp, you know, really simply, just through some some exercises. Um, he has a great book also called Score for Life, which I recommend. His name is Jim Fannin. Um, but anyway, so I, I started thinking, okay, how am I going to make my brain my biggest asset? So I got better. I got a lot better. I got down to where I was about a four handicap through just practicing a lot and 
And but a lot of it had to do with my mental game. But when I got into a four handicap, I was in the A flight in this club championship, and I'm playing against guys that are uh, that are like you know plus threes, plus fours. Like they shoot regularly under par, and I I don't think I'd ever shot an under par at this point. So I got into the club championship, and I played really well. I kept my my brain in on an even keel. And I had my routine, and I got to the final. So I was playing against this guy in the final. So this is for the club championship. I have no business being in this thing. And I remember I showed up to the first tee of the last day of the tournament, and I, he and I are paired together. And he hits his first drive uh, into the woods, and he just freaking loses it. And he's like, ah, you know, swearing up and down. And he's like, ah, this, I knew this was going to happen. It sucks. And so his chimp is just completely taken over. And I remembered at that moment, I'm like, I, I got it. I got this guy. And I won. So I ended up winning the club championship by a few strokes. And the guy was a better golfer than me, but he couldn't tame his chimp. So what I, what the whole, the gist of what I was doing when I was playing golf is all, the only thing I thought about was the next shot. I didn't think about four shots down the road. I just thought about the shot right in front of me. I would visualize what was going to happen right in, right in front of me. Whether it happened or not, I would get a, a vision of the shot shape that I wanted to hit, whether it's a draw or a fade. Um, I, th- that's, 100% what I did, and I broke the round down into three whole segments. And I wanted to be uh, either plus one or even for every three whole segment that I played. I didn't think about the back nine. I didn't think about what might happen. All I thought about was the present and what was happening right now. And I, I guarantee you, if you're an anxious presence, it's because you're thinking, oh, my God, what if? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I don't make enough money? What if um, What if my team quits? What, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? That's the chimp. So it's just a matter of realizing, oh, man, I don't want this right now. I don't want all this anxiety. So the chimp is talking. How do I get back into my human brain? So like the second example, like doing this at home. So when you come home at night, I, w- I work really hard on coming in as a non-anxious presence. So I'll go want to save the world. Like the other night I was, I was at work and, you know, I was just, just fired up about, I was, I was thinking about the flu shot and it's like, there's all this propaganda out there about the flu and everybody is, is scared to death. And it's, it's just, it just ticked me off. So I was, you know, writing all kinds of emails and, and, uh, I was, I was recording videos, but I didn't want to bring that energy into my house. So one thing that I'll recommend for you, like this is a, was something that was hugely successful for me with one of my coaches a while back was I would drive over a bridge at, uh, when I come to my house, so there's a little bridge that I drive over that you, you would, if you blink, you would miss it. But I would, I would leave my briefcase there, even though I don't have a briefcase, but you know what I mean? I would leave mentally leave my briefcase there when I came home and I would pick it up there when I went to work the next day. I didn't bring it home. It's the same thing. If you work from home, you leave your briefcase in that room and you don't bring it back out. So your, your family deserves you at a hundred percent when you walk in. So I had to, like the other night, I literally sat out in the, in the drive or in the uh, garage for about 15 minutes trying to get myself right to come in. Cause I knew otherwise I was going to go hijack that room. I was going to go make everybody else anxious. Who's having a good time. And they didn't need that, you know? So if you're an anxious presence, then you got to realize, okay, I just realize your effect on people, get yourself right. So, so how do you do that? It could be focusing on your breath, all the things that we've taught in these, this podcast so far, it could be just do a quick meditation. It could be just focus on your breath. It could be question your anxious thoughts. Um, it could be any of those things, but just get yourself to a place where you go, okay, I'm going to go in as a non-anxious presence. And a lot of this is just an awareness more than anything. There's no trick to it. It's just saying, okay, I'm a non-anxious presence. I'm going to be a non-anxious presence walking in the room. So my question to you is this, where is the chimp winning in your life? Where are you letting that chimp run wild for like future worry? Like what if this happens? What if that happens? Oh my God, what's going to go on now? Is it money? 
Like, are, are you worried that you, you set a money goal and you're not going to hit it or you're not going to be able to pay the bills? Is it money? Uh, is it eating? You know, you wanted to stick to a diet and, and you're having a hard time doing that. Is it your relationships with your husband or your wife or with your kids? Or are you looking for a relationship? What if? What if I don't find that person? What if this doesn't work out? Where is your chimp running the show? And I would make a suggestion that you're always going to be better off in those situations as a non-anxious presence, right? So if I want to, we, we talked about three things, money, eating, and relationships. If I want to make more money, I'm going to, I'm going to make way more money and be way more attractive to people and, you know, and, and potential clients and things like that. If I am focused on service and value rather than like, oh my God, I got to go make more money. I got to make more money. I got to make more money. Nobody wants to be around that guy. You're like, you're like the guy in the club that's running around like, like trying to take a date home at, at, at 1.30 at night before they close at 2 o'clock. Nobody wants to be around that guy. You're trying too hard, right? Nobody wants to go home with that person. So when you show up desperate like that, things aren't going to be good. So if I can just say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I would like more money. That would be great. And I do, and I am committed to making that happen, but I'm going to do it as a non-anxious presence. I'm going to do it. I'm going to let it come to me rather than trying to force it. Same thing with eating. Like, uh, you know, you, you drink too much and you have a hangover or you eat something and you feel like crap instead of beating yourself up and being a non, being an anxious presence in your gym going, oh, I, I knew I couldn't do this. I, I, I mean, I always screw up like this. I knew I couldn't make this happen. Then you take a step back and you go, okay, I, that's the chimp talking. I don't have to think that way. Everything's all right. Let me move forward. It's just taking a break. Same thing with relationships, like being that non-anxious presence and not bringing your agenda into everything um, is going to be great if you're a parent, if you're a husband or wife. I mean, whatever, whatever relationship you have, relationship with your team. Like I want when I show up to my office, I want my team to go, huh, okay, good. You know, Dr. Eric's here. That's good. And I don't always do it. Like I ask my team, a lot of times they, they will say, oh crap, Dr. Eric's here. I better get, better get my crap right here. Um, but I try really hard to go in as a non-anxious presence because that's what the people that are following you, that's what they need. They, they need you to say, I got this. We're good. Like they don't need you to bring more, situ- more energy or, or more anxiety to the situation. So um, hopefully that will just create a little bit of an awareness for us, right? Like are you being an anxious presence? And if you are, realize it. If you have somebody in your life that can call you out on it, even better. Like my wife will say, hey, you're being, a, you're being an anxious presence. And I'm like, oh, yep, you're totally right. And I'll go get myself right, and I'll, I'll come back in the room. So if you're being an anxious presence, just realize it, take a breath, and go, okay, it's not you, it's the chimp. And you don't. And the chimp's just making a suggestion on how you might handle something. You don't have to say, you don't let the chimp run, uh, run the show here. So uh, that's all I got for you today. So if you have not already subscribed on Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher, go ahead and do that. You'll get the podcast right there on your phone, on uh, whether it's on your iPhone, through iTunes, or however you consume podcasts. And then also share this. So the burnouttobreakthrough.net has all of these podcasts. So www.burnouttobreakthrough.net. And uh, just share that with some of the people that you know and love and care about. If you get the email that we send out, forward that on because so many people need to hear this um, and uh, and they're kind of stuck with that chimp running their brain. So until I talk to you next time, let's turn that burnout into a breakthrough.